The text comes from the Gospel of John, the, the Gospel today. And quite early on in the Gospel of John, it says this, actually in the first chapter already. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then later in John's letter, it's spelled out this way. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Now John tells us this moving story that we heard in the gospel today of that uh, Samaritan woman. Uh, She was searching for something, definitely, and she had an emptiness in her life, we saw. She had tried to fill that in, in many ways. And then she, she expresses that when Jesus tells her, I can give you living water. It wasn't a bottled water. It wasn't a new brand of bottled water. It was himself in a relationship uh, that fulfills her life because she hadn't had that uh, fulfillment yet in her life. Uh, give me that water, she says. So that I never have to come and put my bucket down into the well again. And Jesus offered himself to her as the living water and eternal life. This is the grace of God. That God gives freely. And we see this uh, most clearly in Jesus Christ, I think. The normal human reaction is that um, it can't be true. That it can't be free. That I have to do something. Don't I have to do something? Um, surely I have to do something first. Straighten out my life, be a good person, give my life to Jesus or something. Don't I have to do something? His life, his love is unconditional and there's no ifs and buts about it and we heard that in the Romans reading. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we had straightened our lives out first. That is amazing that we could hardly imagine this extraordinary, unconditional love of God for us. So I'm just going to go through these points. The first one is that grace is amazing. And the amazing thing is, actually they all sort of overlap really. The amazing thing is that God is the one who wants to have this relationship with us and pursues this and continues to pursue it. Uh, We see this right already from the Old Testament. If you think of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they hid themselves. And what does God do? He goes looking for them. He doesn't say, oh, well, they forget about them. He goes looking for them. And then we, we've got Noah and his family. He rescues them. He called Abraham, made a contract with him. God promised to bless him, many descendants, a great nation, give him land. And God invited Abraham to trust those promises. But that can be very hard to see sometimes. Uh, and it was for Abraham too, because he was told he would be a father of a great nation, have many descendants. And what happened? 
how many children did Abraham have? And in his old age, with his wife, how many? One. Isaac. And he was promised land. What land did Abraham own? When his wife Sarah died, he didn't, have, he didn't own any land. He had to buy a plot of land to have his wife buried, the only piece of land he owned, after this grand promise. So it can be hard to see sometimes what God promises us. It takes trust without seeing. He who believes and has not seen, blessed is he. Later, Jesus said that. The people of God coming out of Egypt too were in great danger of being recaptured by the Egyptians, but God left them safely through dry land. However, it was difficult for them too. The first reading had them complaining in the desert. Forty years they struggled through that wilderness experience. However, God did protect and provide for them in that time. And God continued to, to come to his people with judges, with kings, with prophets. God keeps coming back to his people because he wants to have a relationship with them. God is faithful to that. He never gives up, even when people do. God doesn't give up. And when all seemed to fail, God sent Jesus, the ultimate expression of God's grace and unconditional love. Jesus is the best way of us seeing how God wants to be in relationship with us. And Jesus himself showed that. Um, He was always showing unconditional love in his relationships with people, acceptance. He invited the proud religious man Nicodemus. Last week we heard about him here in the church here. To to be born from above by water and the Spirit. And he ensured Nicodemus that Jesus came not to condemn people but to save people. On the cross, yes, When he was dying that cruel, agonizing death, what does he do? He invites one of the thieves sitting with him on the cross uh, and gives him the promise of being with him in um, paradise. And to those who carried out his execution, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Or you could think of before his crucifixion, Jesus is carrying his cross and Simon of Cyrene was just in Jerusalem there for the big festival. And what happens? He gets pulled out of the crowd to carry Jesus' cross, that heavy cross where he can only look forward. And what can he see? Just Jesus. That was his moment. Jesus was before him. That's all he could see. This was his God-given moment. And God is inviting you too to look To Jesus, who is the grace of God for you. And the second point I've put there is that grace is supernatural. And what that means is it comes from God. It doesn't come from us. It comes from God as a gift. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's an amazing gift which we hear of from another letter of Paul. He says, it's by grace you have been saved through faith, not yourself. It's a gift of God. 
not by works, so that no one can boast. Grace is the way God works. That's the way he is, as we read also in Romans. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's a, there's a song which tells a story, and people who are as old as me and older might know about this song. Uh, the young people don't know this song, probably. But there's a story of a young fellow who did something terrible and... Um, uh, it it made him it broke up his relationship with his family and friends and so he disappeared hid away was away from his family and friends for a while and um, there came a time when he thought I'm going to go back to them but he was a bit nervous about it so he wrote to them those days wrote a letter <laughs> couldn't send a Facebook or message or messenger. He wrote a letter and said, I'm going to come home, but I don't know if I'm welcome. So could you show some kind of sign? Could you tie a yellow ribbon on the tree in the front garden? And if I see that yellow ribbon when I'm coming home, I know that I'm welcome. So he's on the bus coming home and he's, he's nervous and terrified Will they accept me or not? So he asked the fellow in the seat next to him on the bus, can you check at the house coming up if there's a yellow ribbon on the tree in the front yard? Is there? He was hopeful, of course. And what was there? Uh, Yellow ribbons on every branch of the tree. On every branch of the tree. Uh, He was forgiven. He was welcome home. And so there's this song, Tie Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree, that we know, some of us. God's amazing grace is like that. Not earned or deserved, he loves and forgives his children. There's lots of stories about that in the, Old Te- in the New Testament. Um, but I'll go on to the next point, that God's amazing grace is not only supernatural, it's sacrificial. And the way to think of that, Often people do put this up, God's riches at Christ's expense, or God rescues us at Christ's expense. That's a way of thinking about grace, which shows us that it was this love was sacrificial. With, with great sacrifice comes great love, and that's what God has shown to us. The price has been paid full for us by Jesus. Martin Luther put it this way, not with silver or gold, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death, that you and I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom. And the fourth point there is, of course, we're not just talking about this. This is for you too, God's grace. You are God's child. God accepts you as his child in In Galatians, Paul says, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are a child, God has made you an heir. And in that same chapter, uh, Paul says, we can call God Abba, Father. That's a close personal relationship, calling our Father Dad. That's how we are. That's how you are under God's grace. And the other... uh, New status we have from God is that we are saints. Lots of people say, I'm not a saint. But God says, uh, Paul says, 
about God, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you are fully accepted because of Christ, a saint not because of what you have done, but because of what God has done. So there are these four things. Grace means God invites you into a relationship with him, and it's God that makes that move into our lives. He wants his love to touch your life. That's amazing. And it's supernatural. It means that it comes from God, not from us. It's a gift of God. It's sacrificial, and the cross of Christ is the most central sign of that. It cost him his life. And back four takes us back to the first point, that God's grace is for you. God wants you in that wonderfully close relationship with him, loved as his child, with the new status of a saint, there is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And through his wonderful, amazing, supernatural grace, he brings you into that relationship through Christ. Thank you, God. Amen.